Get Real Please to Crown podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on my 100th episode. I'm so excited. I have saved this spot and saved this interview for the most inspiring, coolest, most amazing, incredible author who has changed my life, okay? That's not easy. Y'all know Coach Lisa doesn't say that lightly. A person who has changed my life. I am super honored to introduce my guest speaker today. This person has been, he has survived several near-death experiences, impacting millions of people through his books. He is on a mission to elevate consciousness of humanity one person at a time. He likes to say one morning at a time. Hope that doesn't give it away. He's an author of the best-selling book, here we go, Miracle Morning, translated in 37 languages, sold over 2 million copies of his newest book, Miracle Equation and he does exactly that. He's also a business achiever, ultra marathon runner, seven-figure entrepreneur at his young age, and most importantly, a grateful husband and father. He's dedicated his life to helping other people overcome their challenges and become who they were, who they need to be in order to create the life that they truly want and they truly deserve. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so honored to introduce you to Mr. Hal Elrod. Lisa, you... You're such a light. Like, I'm so grateful. I I appreciate your energy and your love and your enthusiasm. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is uh, is great. You don't even know how how excited we all are, my listeners. I mean, if you're in my programs and we've touched a lot of people throughout the nation, it's mandatory that you read The Miracle Morning. This is part of my work and my program. And so to have you like really here, it's so extra special. I can't even explain. So cool. So cool. I'm so grateful. Let's, let's do this. Thank you. We're going to kick off. I, I, want, I have questions for you, my friend. First yeah. of all, something that we actually have in common, it's not often you meet somebody in life that's had an A near-death experience, let alone two. And I have had in my life two near-death experiences, and so have you, which is crazy to me. I just want to know for you, what happened and what was the most impactful lesson that you learned from these experiences? So yeah, there's been a couple, as you mentioned. Um, and when I was 20 years old, the first, I was hit head on by a drunk driver at 70 miles an hour. And I, I, my car spun off the drunk driver and the car behind me crashed into my driver's side door at 70 miles an hour oh my and God. broke, basically the entire left side of my body was crushed by the second car. I broke 11 bones instantaneously. Um, and that's when I actually, I bled to death that night as they tried to get me out of the car, I was losing so much blood. When they finally pulled me out, um, I was clinically dead for approximately six minutes. And they, uh, they revived me on the helicopter, flying me to the hospital. I flatlined twice more uh, during the first six days. I was in a coma and flatlined twice more. And then I came out of the coma and the doctor said I would never walk again and I had permanent brain damage. And mm-hmm. um, I would say my, my wife will verify the brain damage, but I, uh, <laughs> you know, I, did, I did walk again. And, uh, and it was, you know, I'll share the, re- the lesson in a second. And then that was the first really like unbelievable experience that I, that I went through. And I, you know, I was in the hospital. question though, during yeah. the six minutes, did you, did you, do you remember anything? Do you see the light? Was someone there? Did I don't, I, I had the, because of the head on collision and the side collision, like my, the brain, the trauma to my brain was very significant. And so I, I really don't, there's about two weeks of my life uh, from right before the car accident until two weeks after where I have no memory of anything. Oh my um, God. 
And, uh, and so I, I can tell you one of my first memories was this conversation with my dad where he came in and he had just met with my doctors and they had told him that they were concerned. This was uh, two weeks after the crash. They told him they were concerned because uh, my mental and emotional state, they said that every time they interacted with me, I was always smiling and laughing and joking. And they said, that's not normal for a 20 year old young man that's being told he's never going to walk again. You know, that's in a hospital that's got his leg in a sling and his arm in a sling and broken oh, bones and all these you know, scars and all this. Um, and they said, so we think that Hal's checked out of reality because he can't, he can't handle his reality. And my dad came in and um, explained the doctor's concerns. And my dad was like, you know, I mean, it was an emotional time for our family. You know, he was, his, his face was red. His eyes were welled up with tears. And he's like, Hal, how are you really feeling? You know, the doctor said the normal response in this case would be that you are uh, either sad or scared or depressed, maybe angry or all of the above. And he said, it's okay to feel those things, Hal. Um, how are you feeling? And I kind of went inside and, you know, looking at my dad who was, you know, trying to hold back tears himself. And I really asked myself, am I sad, scared, depressed, angry? And I, I looked at him and I said, dad, I thought you knew me better than that. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, remember, I live my life by the five minute rule. And he said, remind me what that is. And I had learned it in my sales training. I was a sales rep for Cutco at the time. That's how, you know, I was at a conference when I got in the car accident and I told my dad, um, I can't change, the five minute rule says it's okay to be negative when something goes wrong, but not for more than five minutes. Like you set your oh, timer I love for that. five minutes. Yeah, and you give yourself five minutes to bitch, moan, complain, cry, punch something, like whatever. Feel your emotions fully, but then acknowledge that there's no value in dwelling on and beating myself up over something that I cannot change. Like the thing isn't happening anymore, it, it already happened. And right. we get to choose whether we accept it and we're at peace with it, or whether we resist it and, 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 and wish it were different, which doesn't change it, it just creates emotional pain. And what I learned through that process is that every painful emotion we've ever experienced what is, sorry, is self-created by our resistance to our reality. You know, and, that, and, and the proof of that is the same terrible, painful, horrible thing could happen to two different people and one person, it, it destroys them emotionally and the other person finds strength from it. They learn and grow. It could be the exact same circumstance, but one person, it's the worst thing in the world, and one person, it's the greatest opportunity for growth. And so I decided to accept my life exactly as it is. And I told my dad, and anybody listening can kind of apply this to their own life. I said, dad, if I'm in a wheelchair the rest of my life, I've already imagined that as a possibility. I said, I will be the happiest, most grateful person you've ever seen in a wheelchair because I will not let my circumstances define my quality of life, my emotional well-being. And I said, but the possibility number two is I might walk again. I don't know if it's possible. The doctors say it's not, but I don't think, you know, I'm not going to take that for an answer until enough time has gone by. I said, and dad, all my energy, I've accepted the worst case scenario. I've accepted the wheelchair and all my energy is going into what I want. I visualize walking every day. I pray about it. I, you know, I, I do affirmations around it. I do all these things. I'm putting all my energy into what I want while I accept what I don't want. So it has no power over me. And if you're listening to this, like what's your wheelchair, you know, no. what's the experience in your life, whether it's in the past or it's happening right now, or it's something you're afraid of for the future. That's out of your control. If it's in the past, it's out of your control. If it's already happening, it's out of your control. And if it's in the future and it's something you don't have control over, like 
you know, who wins the election or whether right. COVID hit, right? Like, like there's so many, you know, things that are out of our control. Yeah. Um, then you realize that you have the choice to accept life exactly as it is. And in doing so, give yourself the gift of emotional freedom, freedom from any emotional pain that would deter you, hold you back or cause you to suffer. Um, yeah, so that was the biggest lesson that I learned was that, that we are in control of our inner world, no matter what's happening in our outer world. And then the second circumstance, um, I'll just mention very quickly, was three years ago, I was diagnosed with a rare aggressive form of cancer. I was given a 30% chance of surviving or a 70% chance of dying, depending on you know, how you look at it. Wow. Um, and I have a wife, I, have, I had a set, my daughter was seven at that time, my son was four. And so more to lose than ever before. Like it was so different from the car accident because I was 20 when the car accident happened. It's like, it was just me. Well, now I've got a wife and kids that I'm potentially gonna die and leave them without me. But the day I was diagnosed, I made the same decision that I made when I was told I would never walk again. And I called my wife, she was out of town. I told her what happened, you know, where, where the diagnosis and she was devastated. I said, sweetheart, I'm so sorry that we have to go through this. Um, but I want you to know that I've already accepted it exactly as it is. I feel no pain over the fact that I have cancer and I've already decided I will be the happiest and the most grateful I have ever been while I endure the most difficult time in my life. And, and in closing, it's like, they're, they're not mutually exclusive. Most of us think bad thing happens. I feel bad. Good thing happens. I feel good, but it can be no matter what happens. I feel exactly how I choose to feel. Oh my God. I've never cried on my podcast before. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Get me here. That is so scary. So scary to have to go with that and face that, you know, in life, especially when they say the probability of you not making it. And today you're cancer free. Am I right? I am cancer free. And I just stopped taking chemo a few months ago, which is like the real final, like yes. you know, moving on. So yeah. Oh, congratulations. I'm telling you. you right now. It's because you know what? Your purpose on this planet, your mission isn't done, Hal. Yeah. This, is, <laughs> this is why. Oh my goodness. Um, wow. Thank you for sharing that with us, by the way. Um, so as our world's in the midst of these unprecedented times, you know, and many people are facing a lot of fear and uncertainty, what do you believe is the most important thing that we should be focusing on right now? I think it's optimizing our inner world, right? And, and following up on what I was just talking about, that our inner world needn't be determined by our outer world. And um, you might be like, well, that's easier said than done. And that's why it takes practice. And I know we're gonna talk about the miracle morning today, which yeah. the miracle morning is my daily practice that I wake up every day and I dedicate time to optimizing my inner world. I do meditation, affirmations, visualization. I exercise, I read, I journal every single morning, seven days a week. And I have for 13 years. And so that's how I've been able to condition my mind through, you know, and through all those practices, whether it's the reading or the meditation, you know, all of them to be able to take complete responsibility and control of what I focus on, what I think about, what emotions I generate for myself, right? You catch that. Not, not that I react to what happens and that creates my emotional state. No, no, no. Every morning I choose which emotion I do something I call, and we'll probably, we can break this down later, but emotional optimization meditation which is this meditation I made up where instead of just quieting your mind, you actually ask yourself, which, what's the optimum emotional state for me to experience in this moment or today or throughout my life? And then you go through, you condition that every single morning. And so, so like, that to me is it. Of one, Hal. 
Uh, so, okay, the general, um, so yeah, we'll dive into this now. The general uh, uh, emotion that I think most of us want to feel, you, you would describe it probably as happy, you know, happy. or yes. joy or, yes. you know, gra- right? So something along, or you can go to bliss, like, but that general feeling yes. of like, I feel really good, right? Yeah. So, um, so in the morning, uh, what I do is to, for the emotional optimization meditation, I start by asking again, which state, so step one is which state do I need or which emotional state would best serve me today, right? Or in this moment, the general state is that happiness state. And then I will, to get there, you, you might need a stimulus, meaning you might need a, a thought, a memory, a person, something that, you, that generally makes you feel happy. You might think of the last time you felt happy easily or naturally, you know, the other night when you were with your friends and you were laughing and smiling, you kind of forgot about what's going on in the world and your bank account or whatever, right? Or I'll just, for me, it's all think of my kids, right? My wife or my kids, but really the kids are like, the, you know, that, that's what makes me feel so grateful and just joyous that I've got these two kids that I have a great relationship with. And so I will, so you imagine that stimulus that gets you in that emotional state and you use that to get in the state. And then once you start to feel that state, you're just starting to sink into it. You go deeper and deeper and deeper. And if you need to keep picturing the kids or keep picturing, you know, your whatever makes you happy. Um, and then you set your timer for however long you're going to meditate, five minutes or 10 minutes. And then you stay in that state for that entire time. And what you're doing is you're literally, you're pro, in a simple kind of neuro, neuroscience, you're programming your brain to experience that emotional state and just like when you anything you do over and over and over and over and over again you acclimate to it and it becomes your norm well by doing this emotional optimization meditation you harness that state or you you make it so that it's part of who you are and then you all of a sudden you become happier and happier and happier and happier every day and if you experience something in life that makes you unhappy First, you accept it and be at peace with it. And then you're able to just close your eyes and, and remember what that, that meditation from the morning. And you're able to harness those feelings and those emotions right then and there. And so I just want to give one other example so you see how else this would apply, which would be, let's say you need confidence. Let's say you've got an important meeting or you know, something where you need confidence. So I'm choosing a different emotional state, right? Which we'd call confidence. So you think about a time in your life when you were confident, right? I can go, I can go all the way back 20 years ago when I gave one of my first speeches and I got a standing ovation and I was like, dude, I'm, I crushed that. was amazing, you know? Um, and so I can just, I can get, I can imagine that, close my eyes, visualize that and get back into that state. And then in doing so, I'm now, now I'm bringing about the feelings of confidence and then I'll set the timer for five or 10 minutes and I'll just feel those feelings. I'll just sink into them, go deeper within them. And again, I'm now I'm embodying confidence and then I can access that state throughout the day or any time that I want. So, so it's quiet. The background's quiet. There's nothing going on. Is there music? Do you have no any- guided meditation? No, I mean, no, yeah, no, 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 nothing. Just complete silence. Complete silence. Yeah. And some people like to meditate with that, like, you know, just meditation, music, you know, which is, you know, that's fine. I just go complete silence. Complete silence. Okay, I'm going to try that. That's a great nugget, right? How's dropping nuggets today, guys? I hope you got your pen and paper out, which leads me to my next point. So Miracle Morning, I'm obsessed. Uh, I you know, told you before that I make everybody listen to this book. It's, it's mandatory. It, it's, it's a, I call it a non-negotiable. 
right? Like air, like food, like, you know, water. It's just like sleep. It's this, we have to have this, this miracle morning. It changed me how, like I'm forever grateful, new woman over this thing, like having the routine, having it set. I look forward to it. It's me time. Like you gave me a gift. So I just want to say to my listeners, maybe there's people listening that haven't listened to the book yet. You know, how can the miracle morning help us right now, help us in our lives? and change lives as well. Well, first of all, you are the testimony that it does, right? Like, thank you for that. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, and I'm so grateful to hear that. And, um, you know, and, and, it, it, uh, and it is now, it's practiced daily by you. There's millions of people around the world that have read the book and that practice it daily. And I hear stories of everything from um, it, you know, it, I overcame my depression because of the Miracle Morning. Um, I, I lost you know, 20 pounds. We like, for example, that we were talking before we started recording about the Miracle Morning movie that's coming out um, on 12, 12, 2020. And um, in that movie, uh, yeah, I'm I'm so excited. Um, It's been six years. I've never had a project that's taken six years. The cancer kind of interrupted it a little bit in the middle, but, um, but, uh, but anyway, so there's, we have, we have all these store, part of the movie is stories of ordinary people that have done the extraordinary as a result of the miracle morning. And we simply put up a post a long time ago, you know, say, Hey, we're going to make this movie, submit your stories of, you know, whatever the miracle morning has done for you. And, uh, and you know, we had hundreds, uh, you know, or maybe thousands, I don't even know. It was, it was, it was hard to pick, but one gentleman, Mike Eaton, he had been obese his entire life and, you know, picked on in school and really low self-esteem. And after the miracle morning, and he credits it to the miracle morning, he lost 90 pounds wow. in, I think, six months. Wow. Um, just, you know, no gas, strict by, like literally just of his own accord. And, uh, you know, and now he's happy and all these things. Um, other people have overcome their depression. Other people started businesses. So whatever it is that you want to do in your life, um, here's, here's the premise of the miracle morning. How you start your day determines the state that you are in that enables you to create the results you create for the day. So in simple terms, yeah, if you win the morning, you win the day. Most people don't win the morning. Most people wake up at the last possible minute only because they have to be somewhere, do something or answer to somebody else, which their waking up is typically mired in resistance. Like, oh God, I got to go to work. I got to do this thing. I got to write. I don't want to get out of bed. And if you give them the choice, they would just keep sleeping. Um, and uh, that is the, I call that a mediocre morning, right? Like, you know, that's the wrong way to start the day. But if you start the day instead, when the alarm goes off or you wake up without an alarm, right? But you don't, you don't wake up when you have to at the last possible minute. You wake up earlier than that to dedicate time to becoming the person that you need to be to create everything that you want for your life. And that's what the Miracle Morning is. It's based on a quote that what sparked the idea for me, I heard a quote from Jim Rohn. He said, your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development. And when I heard that, at that time, it was 2007, the US economy had crashed. I had lost over half of my clients, half of my, I was a coach, half of my business. My house was in foreclosure. My body fat percentage had tripled. I was really at a very low point mentally and emotionally. And um, I heard that quote and I kind of did a self-assessment. I went, well, if I'm measuring, you know, he said again, your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development. So I always try to quantify things. And I went, well, the level of success that I want is 10. On a scale of one to 10, it's safe to say that everybody listening 
wants level 10 success in every area. Like I've never heard someone say like, no, no, I don't want to be too happy or, or too healthy or too wealthy. No, like we want to be as happy as we can be, as healthy as we can be, as wealthy as we can be. We want our relationships to every, every area we want level 10. And then I went, well, okay, so I want level 10 success, but what's my level of personal development? And at that time I'm like, it's like a two or a three, like maybe a four on a good day at that time, because I was so scared of like the economy and all these things. I was just in work all day mode, you know, like staring at the computer, trying to get clients, getting on the phone, whatever I could do. And I wasn't, I wasn't growing. I wasn't getting better. And so essentially it was the same version of me that had gotten me where I was trying to keep doing the same things over and over and over again. And so I decided I need to create the most effective personal development ritual known to you know, humanity. And I created this ritual with six practices. Um, these are, and, and, and by the way, if you're listening, so you have a visual, these are the SAVERS. It's an acronym, S-A-V-E-R-S. S for silence, that's your meditation or prayer. A for affirmations, those are statements that affirm what you're committed to doing and who you need to be to do it and what actions you're going to take. The V is for visualization, where like the world's greatest athletes, you visualize yourself performing at a peak level so that when it's time to get on the phone or you know, knock on doors or, or, or engage with your kids, you've already rehearsed how you're going to show up for those things in an ideal way. The E is for exercise. And you don't need to go to the gym in the morning, but you do need to get your heart rate up. You do need to get some blood flowing. You got to get your, you know, stretch. All I do every morning is I go for a 10 minute bike ride throughout my neighborhood at six or no, it's 8 a.m. now. And I get fresh air and I'm in nature and I meditate even while I'm on that bike. And I get the heart rate up. I get my, my legs are burning, right? Like it's, a, it's just short and sweet, but it makes a huge difference in my energy throughout the day. The R in savers is for reading. And again, I believe we're all one book away from learning what we need to learn to change or transform any area of our life. You know, if you ask the average couple that's getting a divorce, like how many books have you read on marriage? Most couples would say, huh? None. Yeah. Zero. Like what? (laughs) Um, You know, some have, but that's like probably less than 1%. You go, wait a minute. So your, your marriage, you know, your marriage wasn't succeeding, but you weren't investing any energy into learning from other people that had successful marriages on what you could do differently to be a better communicator and be more empathetic and, and be right, be, be a better partner. Right. Um, so reading, whether it's whatever area of your life, you want to be happier. There's a book on that healthier book on that financially free book on that, you know, early riser. There's a book on that right. um, morning person. But, uh, and then the final S is for scribing which is a fr- fancy word for writing, but we needed an S at the end, you know, for savers. Um, but it's really journaling and it's writing down what you're grateful for. It's clarifying, okay, I got a to-do list of 10 things today. What are the top one or two or three that will move the needle, right? It's that clarity in writing that gets those thoughts that are racing through your head and forces you to get clear enough to put them onto paper. And so those six practices make up the miracle morning. And I started doing those every day. And within two months, I had more than doubled my income. And by the way, that was in a declining economy. Like this was 2008, right? 2007, 2008, like the economy kept getting worse, but I got better. And I figured out strategies to get more clients, even in the midst of the declining economy. Mm -hmm. And with, you know, with the potentially with the fallout of COVID, like the economy that's coming our way, like I don't want to be you know, I don't want to worry anyone, but I think it's going to be optimistic, but also be prepared. Right. And I think we have to be prepared that another 2008 
or possibly 1929, right? But, but there, you know, the, like the economy goes in cycles and we are way overdue for another bubble to burst, right? So again, right. not trying to scare you, but you should be optimistic and prepared, right? Yes. Yes. So, but I want to tell you something yeah. about your um, miracle morning. So what it did for me is I identified, wow, I have a lot of things I need to do. So A, I got to wake up earlier because I cannot do it when I was waking up. I was setting myself up for getting ready and going. And so what it did was I identified I had to wake up earlier. The next thing is I had several things a part of my miracle morning, several things that it was like taking care of, good care of me. And so I started to write it into a list. And then I realized your messaging and you said it today and thanks for doing that was about you what you start in your morning ends up winning your day. And so I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to, no joke, there's no joke story. I'm going to put everything I want to do in a day. So it's like taking my vitamins, taking, you know, like quality time, like, you know, with my husband, whether it be drinking a certain amount of water, whether it be like picking out my clothes for the next day, getting my 10,000 steps in, all these things. And so I present this this document of this checklist of 30, 31 days in the month. Nice. And that all the things I want to do in here every single day. And I brought it to my clientele and I shared this with them. And one of my students, her name is Susan. She said, coach, I didn't even say anything. She says, if you do this, you're going to win the day. I'm thinking, that is what Hal said. <laughs> well, I just want to tell you that was birth. It's gone around to the nation and we absolutely love it. And we're getting the things done each day uh, so that we can win the day. And that's because of you. So thank you for that. So I want to ask you really quick, speaking of the morning and I had to wake up earlier, what do you say to people who are like, oh, I'm not a morning person? Yeah. The first thing I always say is join the club. Um, I wasn't a morning person. When I created this ritual, I was like, when am I going to do this personal? It wasn't a morning ritual. It was a personal development ritual. And I'm looking at my schedule. And I was, I think at that time I was waking up at 6am just, you know, to get into my office and go to work. And I would work until like my eyes were bleeding, you know, at the end of the day, trying to get, you know, make money because I was struggling. Um, and, uh, and so I go, well, when am I going to do this? Like, I, I, I can't do it at night. I'm exhausted. I go, I don't really want to take a break in the middle of the day because I'm, 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 I'm working. But I'm like, what am I going to do? Wake up at 5 a.m.? Like, I've never gotten up at 5 a.m. That, that's crazy. I, you know, I wasn't a morning person. And, um, and then I heard my, one of my mentors, Kevin Bracey, his voice in my head, he said, uh, he used to always say, very simple but profound. He'd say, if you want your life to be different, you have to be willing to do something different first. Mm. Right? And I, I was it. like, <laughs> dang it. I got to wake up an hour earlier. And, but the crazy part is this, and I, I'm sure you can relate as can millions of people around Miracle Morning, you know, they do the Miracle Morning. Um, the crazy part was, I was, it was, waking up the next morning, it wasn't hard. In fact, that night, I was like a kid on Christmas Eve where I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to like, I was like tossing and turning. Like, I can't wait to try this. You know, this could be the one thing that changes everything, you know? And then in the morning, when the alarm went off, it was one of those things where like, you know, your eyes open like simultaneously as the alarm's going off and you, I just jumped out of bed. I was, I was excited. And so that's what the miracle morning, it, it turned me into a morning person because I had a reason to wake up that was, it was exciting before I did it. But then once I did it, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so inspired, so clear, so calm, so focused, so energized, so motivated. This, I, like, I couldn't wait for day two. I couldn't wait for day three. Mm -hmm. And so the last thing I'll say is, when, and it goes back to the join the club, not just me, we, I got I asked the question on a podcast last year. They said, what percentage of Miracle Morning, you know, members of the Miracle Morning community 
what percentage of them were already mourning people? So this wasn't hard for them to do. They just, instead of watching the news or checking email first thing, they just did the savers. And they said, what percentage were already mourning people? And then what percentage weren't mourning people ever? So this was like a total radical, like overcoming of that limiting belief that I'm not a morning person. Yes. And I had no idea. And so we surveyed our community, which again, it's, you know, our Facebook group alone is 279,000 people. Um, right. And back then it was probably hundred thousand, but um, 72% of the Miracle Morning community said they had never in their life been a morning person before they read the book, before they read the Miracle wow. Morning. And that wow. for me was actually more encouraging than if it were the other way around. Because that was my biggest concern when writing is like, well, how am I going to turn all these non-morning people, how am I going to convince them to wake up early and, 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 you know, like mission accomplished, it's actually happening. What do you recommend when we should wake up? What time? Uh, it just, it's earlier than you do. So whenever I do like a keynote, a speech, mm -hmm. um, which once we're doing those in person, I'd love to come to Fidelity. Um, We'd love it. We'd love it. That'd be amazing. But once I do, whenever I do a speech, I always end it with inviting people to do the Miracle Morning 30 day challenge. And it's three very simple steps. It's number one, wake up 30 minutes earlier or more. If you want to do the full hour, most people do an hour, but you can just, I want to keep it easy. Like just wake up half an hour earlier that anybody can do that. Right. Yeah. If, if that means you binge on Netflix for 30 minutes less every night, like so be it. <laughs> um, but, uh, but you wake up 30 minutes earlier, step two, do one of the savers. You don't have to like try to fit all six of the, you know what I mean? Like, and a lot of people, if they haven't read the miracle morning, they just do the R right? They just read, they, like they get the book and they just go, okay, I'm just going to wake up half an hour earlier and read the Miracle Morning until I get to the chapter on silence and then on affirmations and then on visualization, right? And then they kind of add one in at a time. So keeping it simple, wake up one hour or 30 minutes earlier and do one of these practices, you're going to feel great. And it's going to give you momentum and energy to keep going. And then the third step is I always invite people join the Miracle Morning community. It's a Facebook group um, with again, 279,000 people from over a hundred countries that wake up every day and support each other in becoming the best version of our, you know, of ourselves. And What's um, it's the name really, of it? Um, the Miracle Morning Community. In fact, you can go to miraclemorningcommunity.com and that, that'll take you there. Okay. And then I do want to pitch our movie before we forget. I want to make sure that I say it. I would it. love to. Miraclemorningmovie.com. Uh, 1995 per ticket. I'm going to be there. It's December 12th. It's virtual. We all get to watch this. It's going to be a film that's going to blow your mind. And there's something really special in the middle of it that you're not going to expect would be in there. And it is. So you're not going to want to miss it. Um, and I'm going to definitely email that out. Uh, to to our firm here. So that's fantastic. And, and Lisa, let me just mention that we decided to make it a full-blown experience beyond just the movie. So there's a special welcome video from me and then the entire full-length feature film, which is, you know, an, an hour and 40 minutes. Then it's immediately, there's an implementation training that will follow the movie. And this is only for the world premiere. Like it's not going to be like this on Netflix or anything. This is just for the world premiere because when you watch the movie, you're like so inspired and I want to give people, I wanted to walk, hold their hand and be like, here's how you start this tomorrow. And then we're going to do a live Q and A with me and the filmmakers. And we're going to end it with a brand new and improved 30 day challenge that we're still building right now that will guide people through email over the course of their first 30 days. So I all of that is in the, in the ticket price. I love that because there's an execution element attached. It's one thing to listen to this. It's the other part and piece. The big part and piece is the implementation. And so yeah. to hear that that has that extension, if you go to the December 12th, I'm all over that. I'm yeah, so MiracleMorningMovie.com. Okay. Uh, MiracleMorningMovie.com and get your tickets. And I would love to see you. I will see you there.
I can't wait. I can't wait. I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, I know we have a few minutes left, so I want to take, I want to max it out. So a big concern with my salespeople in the nation, when I'm coaching people and talking to people, they have such issues with distractions. The phone rings, it dings, it pings, the email, this person, I need you, da, 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 take this, deliver check, phone blah, blah, stop, drop, roll to every request. How do you keep your distractions in check and be, and have your productive day? Yeah, well, I'm going to speak specifically to, to what you're talking about because my background is direct sales and I was one of the top salespeople uh, in the history of the Cutco company. Mm-hmm. And Cutco. my breakthrough around that, most of us ride, we have distractions and we ride an emotional roller coaster in sales and in business, right? Again, good day, I feel good. Bad day, I feel bad. You know, make sales, feel great. Don't make sales or, you know, right? Customers are rude to me, I don't feel good. And so I, my, my epiphany um, was when I realized that my success is a result of whatever process or processes I commit to that create that success. Or those, I should say, my results are a result of the process that precedes the results. And so I had this really pro, like simple but profound idea. It was one day, one night I made a bunch of phone calls and I got zero appointments and I had people hang up on me on the phone and I felt really discouraged, that pit in your stomach, that gut, you know, like, oh, why are people rude? And I'm a good person. And, you know, how could they treat me like this? And, um, and then that night- goes through that too, you guys. Yeah, exactly, totally, 100%. <laughs> so that night when I was falling asleep, one of those, you know, like you have, as you're going into that, whatever, alpha delta state, and you yes. start to have these brilliant ideas, you have to go write them down. So I had this epiphany. I go, wait a minute. At the end of the month, quarter, and especially the year, my, the outcome, my results, my sales are simply in proportion to how many times I pick up the phone and dial those seven numbers. It's not about how any individual appointment goes or how a day goes or how a week goes and really not even how a month goes. So I did an experiment for the next week. I go, okay, I'm going to start just tracking how many calls I make and how many appointments I schedule in order to reach my goal. And so I just go, I'm going to start with 20 calls a day. And I made 20 calls a day, five days a week. And I ended up reaching my goal for the week. And then I averaged that out over the next month. And I figured out what my average was and realized that I needed to make, I got it right at first, 20 calls a day, five days a week. And so I would make my 20 calls a day. And if somebody hung up on me or was rude, I would smile and be like, great, that's the fastest call I could have had because I just wanted to finish my 20 calls and go lay by the pool or go eat lunch or whatever because I knew statistically that if I made 20 calls a day, five days a week for 52 weeks, I couldn't fail. Now, now I could come a little short or, or a little over, right? But, but ballpark, I'm going to hit my numbers. And so I started, like, it was this complete paradigm shift where I went, my goal isn't to reach any specific sales right now. It's just make 20 calls a day, five days a week. And if I do that, I get to feel great because I've succeeded. And my manager hated it because he'd go, how much are you going to sell this week? I I go, I'm going to make 20 calls a day, five days a week. And he'd go, no, no, I need need numbers. I go, look, I go, that's going to average me $2,000 a week. You know, so, but I I can't tell you that this week will be 2,000. It might be 1,500. I don't know. Um, And so at the end of the four months of doing, I did that for four months. And out of 60,000 sales reps in Cutco, I was number one. Oh my God. But the best part about it was they were still riding this emotional roller coaster, thinking of quitting when they had a bad day or a bad week and beating themselves up and feeling, right? 
I just was chill. I just made 20 calls, then I went to the pool. Like every day, that was my routine. I made 20 calls, and then I went and laid out by the pool and swam every day. That was it. And, and if, I, if I scheduled zero appointments, I felt no different than if I scheduled seven appointments. No, it didn't matter because I was playing the long game and I wasn't stressing about my day-to-day -day results. I was committed to my process over the course of the year. So that means when distractions came in, your brain just went back to the process. It's 20 calls. It's not an, it's non-negotiable, right? Yep. In order to get to the pool, I have to do that. So when the distractions came in, were you just like putting people to voicemail, not looking at all the emails? Like, how are you? I made my calls in the morning and I wasn't allowed to check email. I wasn't allowed to return calls unless they were in the same you know, type of calls. I wasn't allowed to do anything else. And I, and I turned off all my notifications and I wasn't allowed to do anything else until I made those 20 calls. Because what we do, human beings take the path of least resistance. And so we end up tricking ourselves into being like, oh, I need to check emails. And it's just busy. We're just being busy. All right, I'm checking emails. I feel good. And then an hour goes by and you checked a bunch of emails. And you didn't actually do anything that moves the needle in your business. Right? And so that's it. Is This is about defining what is the process, the most important action or actions that I must do consistently to reach my goal. And everything else is on top of that or after that. So that's how you do it is the distractions, you get to them after you've done the thing that is the number one driver of your results. I love that so much. I, that was so good. And everyone, you needed to hear that because distractions is like wrapping around your neck and choking you, let me tell you. So before we let Hal go, which I don't want to, but we have to, I know you're busy man. You've got this miracle equation. Now, just so you guys know, Coaching with the Stars, we are doing our book club this month on the miracle equation. So you gotta get this book, listen to it, and then we're gonna debrief about it. If you can give us like that 30, 60 second, a little bit about it, and then I have a final question and then I'll let you go. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so. The Miracle Morning is a daily uh, practice for personal development based on that Jim Rohn quote that if you develop yourself into a better version of yourself, your life starts to reflect who you become. And the Miracle Equation is your daily process for goal achievement, right? So you think about the two different things like personal development is crucial, but I know a lot of people that engage in personal development every day, including the Miracle Morning, but they still don't get out of their comfort zone and actually take action in the real world once the, once the morning's over and it's time to go execute, yes. right? And they just trick themselves into thinking they're making progress because they are developing themselves. And while that's great for our inner world, most of us live in the real world where we do need to pay the bills and we do want to advance and do, you know, do these things and, and, and create financial security and freedom for our family, all those things. So I realized that in addition to a daily practice for personal development, we need a daily process for goal achievement. And that's what the miracle equation is. And that it very much complements the miracle morning. Oh, I love it. I cannot wait to dive into this book. I'm so excited. Thank you for that little, you know, little tidbit about it because it gets us all pumped up for it. So thank you. Here's my final question. Hal, what do you know for sure in life? What do I know for sure in life? That life is meant to be lived exactly as you would choose to live it. Meaning most of us wouldn't choose to live in stress and we wouldn't choose to live in fear and we wouldn't choose to live out of alignment with our highest values and priorities. Yet most of us, that is how we are choosing to live. And so, you know, for me, it's about empowering all of us to, to really realize that you can create the life that you want, but it, and it does begin with what we talked about at the very beginning, which is you asked me the number one thing to focus on right now. It's our inner world. It begins and ends with our inner world because you've got to start 
by optimizing your inner world so that you can go out there and create the results and take the actions that you need to create the results that you want. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, you've got to optimize your inner world so that you can actually feel good about the results that you create. Because if all you're doing is focusing on the gap between where you are and where you want to be or could be, and you're living in that gap, then you're always going to be unfulfilled for the rest of your life. You've got to close that gap. And instead of focusing on the gap, focus on exactly where you are and who you are. Be grateful for all of it. Enjoy all of it while you improve, while you get better, while you, you know, grow and move forward. But the most important of all of it is you've got to enjoy the moment. I believe life love is meant to be now. enjoyed. Yes, I love, love that. Now. Love your now. That's so great. We're on the same page. I love it. We are. That was, so, you're fantastic. What great advice. Great nuggets. Thank you so much for spending your morning with me. I'm so honored. Thank you for being here. Thank you for inspiring a nation, our firm, and me. You're the best, Hal. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure, Thank Lisa. You. Thank you so much Thanks for having for me. Here. And I can't wait to see you at the Miracle Morning Movie World premiere. I'll be there. I'll be there. Ew, and we want to have you come and speak at Fidelity National Title, one of our big events that we have on a yearly basis. We would love it. I would love it. Thank you, Hal. Take care. See you next time. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks. Wow. Was that <laughs> unbelievable or what? My mind is blown. Hal Elrod, thank you so much for your time and your insight and your words of wisdom and being such an inspiration to all of us. We will continue to support you, read your books, and attend your Miracle Morning movie December 12th um, at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Cannot wait. Everybody get your tickets today. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, my heart is full. Thank you again. 